The biggest day on the footy calendar is finally here, and a fresh face has come with it. The Dogs have pulled off the unlikely to make their first grand final in 55 years, but the Swans are out to spoil the fairy tale and take out their second flag in four years. All of the finals action is right here on the 8. The biggest week in football, and I don't think there's anyone better to talk about it than us, Morgan. I agree. We are the best. Uh, very interesting weekend of football yeah. past and a very interesting one to come up. My mighty doggies are through. Yeah. What a story. I think I everyone's so stoked about that. Everyone who accepts Sydney fans. but true. A lot, of, a lot of goodwill towards the doggies. I'm very happy. I was yep. a little ball of nerves on uh, yeah. Saturday evening. but I remember. And of course, last night, the Brownlow, Mm. out in the red carpet, Paddy Dangerfield ended up stealing the show with a record-breaking 35 votes. Pretty impressive. He was the most impressive player of the season. He was. Definitely deserved. But I think we should mention two second and third places. Yes. So obviously Parker. Luke Parker, he polled incredibly well. Well, really well. For Good year, especially amongst that Sydney midfield. Some dominant players there. Yeah, and Dustin Martin. Dusty Martin. Third. Which who looked like he wanted to be anywhere but the Brownlow <laughs> at about 10 o'clock last night. He was blind. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just shows you how incredible a player he is, though. Because Richmond were awful, awful, awful. Yeah. And he's come out and polled third. So... The, uh, I, I particularly liked the, the game where Geelong smashed them and Dangerfield got one vote and, and Dusty got three. I know. I thought that was quite good. I think that's like the Richmond and Dustin story. It is, like, isn't it? It's just him and Rance and no one else. No one else. Who else even is there? I don't know. <laughs> Kick right into finals action. Stuff the Brownlow. That went on long enough last oh, night. Oh, didn't it? Moving to the first game of the night. He goes down the line, 40 seconds remaining, up they fly. If they go inside, 50 they just about got it. Over the hand of Boyd, Boyd to Stringer. Stringer can go all the way. He kicks to the middle and Dixon marks. I think the dogs are going to get there now. The dogs are going to get there. A point will secure them at worst the draw. say this for as long as I can remember. The Bulldogs goes through to a grand final. Can you believe it? The siren will sound. A 55-year trail ending. The Dogs are in the grand final. The dulcet tones of Luke Darcy there. It was uh, one for the ages. Mm. One of the greatest preliminary finals in recent history, I would have thought. A massive television audience tuned in for the end of it. Yeah. Two young sides going head to head. It was incredible to watch. Insane game. Like it was goal for goal. Yeah. Entire match. The lead didn't go past. I think 14. 14. Yeah. So, on your toes stuff. Like I don't even emotionally care about the result, but I was all fired up. It was intense. So Uh, intense. The Giants, a bit like the Sydney game, they, they came out with some real intent. They um some real physical contact. There's a lot of a lot of bumps being thrown out. Reese Palmer yep. came out early on, hit Fletcher Roberts in the, the head. That they were really trying to set the tone, but the dogs dogs were the better side early on. They couldn't capitalise. And there was a feeling yeah, they that couldn't. maybe the Giants would just sort of start to run over them a little bit and it started to happen early in that, that fourth term. Yeah. But 
the dogs really, they fought back. They did. They were down, as we said, 14 points. I think that was the biggest lead of the game. That came very early in the very second early, quarter. Yeah. It was, the commentary was starting to sort of sound the death knell, perhaps. The dogs had, had fought valiantly, but... Which is dumb. The superstar giants were going to get up, but Richo, good old Richo, he said, nah, VT. The dogs will be there at the very end. and I, I hate that commentary, though. It happens all the time, like like with the next game as well, when they were calling a Geelong comeback. Yeah. Please. <laughs> 43 points down there. Keep two goals. Oh, it's on. Spare it's me. On. Spare down. me. Not against, not against Sydney in a prelim. God. <laughs> this is, I think this would be close to the best game I've watched all year. I agree. I this agree. was... Had everything. The finals pressure as well was incredible. There was a, mm. a, almost sold out spotless stadium as well. The atmosphere was insane. It was yeah, a, I think I read somewhere it was like 60% dogs. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is so impressive. There was a little whisper in the Herald Sun today that uh, before the game, a Giants official might have made a complaint to the AFL about the Bulldogs crowd booing the Giants. Oh, please. So <laughs> getting under the skin of the Giants yeah. a little bit perhaps. And I think so. Well, I feel like that's what's probably happened a lot Versus the Bulldogs. Like, we saw it with Hawthorne. And who else did you play? Uh, West Coast. West Coast, <laughs> of course. Um, you saw it there as well. Like, I feel like the opposition was trying to pick a fight. Yeah. And the dogs just weren't interested. Like, yeah. Shaw, for example. Hey, Shaw. Sure. Hey, he was getting into Liberatore. He was getting into him. He was. Liberal was... I don't know, he fell into it a little bit, I think. But in Liberal the end, likes a little push and shove. Yeah, he But does. he wasn't getting fully sucked in. Fu- and, like, Shaw had an pretty average game an awful game yeah he was um he got beaten one-on-one a number of times by tory dixon yeah which and clay smith as well which did yep. surprise me a bit he shows a typically a very reliable experience yeah. part of that back line yeah and he needed to not get suckered into that because he especially yep. with stevie J out he's he was the only one that could had to be that cool head yeah and he wasn't at all it was i think it was a little bit the same with shane mumford as well that experience and they probably didn't quite provide it. Yeah. There was no one there to calm them down. And no, Lockie Whitfield was another one that got sucked in. He's a younger one. You'd, yeah. you'd hope, you know, he um, he hit Josh Dunkley high and then he, yeah. he had a swing at Jack McRae as well, I think, in the third quarter. Yeah. That's when you want that those experienced guys to come in and say, look. Settle down. We've got to play the footy a bit more Settle here. Settle down. Yeah. Well, they just allowed the dogs to play how they wanted to play. Yeah. And that's got beaten because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably wasn't the dogs' best performance of the finals. I think yeah, the West Coast of the Hawthorne ones were that. I agree. This yeah. was a much more even contest. Two sides that are quite well matched. Yeah, yeah. The Giants. And we said that last week, didn't we? We did. Yeah. yeah. The Giants were really disappointed that uh, Jeremy Cameron had no influence on the game at all. Zero influence. He had five touches. Yeah. I reckon three of those probably came in the last as well. Most he, likely. Uh, he was another one who he didn't mind getting in the biff, but he. he was- yeah. He didn't get near the football. No, he didn't at all. And like we said, the midfield battle was pretty even. John Patton did really well with yep. limited touches. He kicked four goals. Yeah. Whereas Cameron didn't get on the board at all. Rory no. Lobb was another one yeah. who was really good. And so a little bit of concern that Cameron was so good in the first first final, I think it was, against Sydney. Yeah. He had that incredible third quarter. He, no influence whatsoever on, on this this match. Yeah, it shows you how important they are. Yeah, to that side. absolutely. And I remember we were talking that they have such a good stockpile, but... <laughs> that was that was I my concern know. for the dogs going into the game. Yeah. The midfield battle, they didn't win that then. Yeah, so the I remember saying that, yeah. Hamlin and Morris going yeah. to deal with such a tall, such a varied mm. forward line. But they, they managed to do it. Uh, I think Callum Ward 
going down with that nasty concussion that definitely didn't definitely didn't help. Yeah. He's such an integral part of the Giants midfield. Yeah. But having said that, Roughhead did go down in what, first or second? Early in the second. Early in the second. Which left Tom Boyd to do the ruck work against Shane Mumford. So you'd think that would at it least even it out. You got yeah. your best midfielder versus you uh, forcing a 20-year-old away to ruck the entire game against Mumford. Yeah. So there's definitely no excuse there. That I thought that ruck battle was pretty interesting. It was, yeah. I thought Shane Mumford would sort of monster Tom Same. Boyd. He, Tom Boyd looked exhausted, but he <laughs> really battled. He did, yeah. I was impressed. I think it was probably it was one of his biggest steps forward yeah. at the Dogs. It was a, a big step. And he's, was, he's such an interesting character, isn't he? Like, yeah. You, he's not there yet at all, but you, you, can't, you can't let him go, you know? It, it's like, coming together a lot, quick, lot quicker now than it was uh, three months ago. Yeah. During that middle part yeah. of the season, there was a lot of, he got pushed back to the VFL, he, did, he was yeah. injured, he had that off-field incident, you're like, yeah. oh. what's the deal with some boy here? He, yeah. You know, what doesn't help as well is when you've got someone like Bontempelli there who is one of the 20 years old. You've got some legitimate young guns there, yeah. That are obviously like at their prime, if yep. not still getting there, which is the scariest yeah. thing, right? So I feel like, you know, I do, that huge reflection, because like if you look at a team like St Kilda, sorry, sorry to bring up St Kilda, but um, I feel like that's one of their development things is that a lot of them aren't progressing as quickly as people like Bontempelli. Yeah. So when you put that in like stark contrast, Boyd looks worse than he is. Yeah. And even when you compare him to the Giants, who of course he left, you look, yeah. they've got Patton, they've got Cameron, they've got Lobb, yeah. who've all come on so well. They're a little bit older, but they're... They're playing really good football. Yep. You look at them, you go, well, why isn't Tom yeah, Boyd exactly. playing like them? You even look at someone like, you know, uh, a Jagger Boydian who's a defender but a key position. He came in his first year and did well. And you're like, well, if he can do it, he's a number one pick. Why can't yeah, Boyd? Yeah, exactly. You do tend to forget, especially with that number one pick, it doesn't necessarily mean they can come in and be world beaters immediately. Exactly. And they, all, everyone develops at different different yeah. times in football. So, I, yeah, I'm not ready to give up on him at all. Uh, you, it took Jack Watts seven years yeah, and he had such a exactly. really good season. And he was still right. So, yeah. you know, like I think we're too tough on individuals at the start, at the very start of their career. And you've even seen it with, with people like Jesse Hogan this year. He's yeah. copped a lot of flack when he hasn't been playing that well. Yeah. They're, they're young kids. Exactly. They're still developing, you know. Yeah. You've got to give them a little bit of leeway, I think. You do, yeah. You and do. If, you know, Tom Boyd, he gave absolutely everything on the weekend, put in 100%, and I'd really, you can't ask for a lot more from a young player. No. If they're giving consistent effort, they're competing, then there's, they're on the right track. Exactly. And he's improving. He's improving. You can see it. So. Yeah. It, it's easy to look and say, oh, you know, he hasn't really kicked any goals lately. I think he's doing a lot more for the team than he was at any other stage yeah. at the Dogs so far. I don't, they don't need him to kick goals either, I don't think. Yeah. So, it's a poor reflection, really. But anyway, moving on, um, Clay Smith. That that first incredible. half and that second quarter in particular was incredible. And, of course, after the game, in an interview with Cameron Ling, he said yep. that um, he'd lost one of his best friends on Monday. Yeah. Uh, a pretty, uh, it would have been a pretty emotional week for Absolutely. Clay Smith. And to come into a preliminary final. Yeah. And I think he was probably best on ground for the uh, dogs. Yes. 100%. Incredible. And, of course, you know, he's had three knee reconstructions. Yeah. This time last year, yeah. he probably thought he might not play football again. Yeah. It's an incredible story. Such a great story. And the fact that he's in the docks as well. Yeah. Just makes it even better. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, he was amazing. It was 
probably an almost complete performance, I think, from Clay Smith. He had 26 touches, yep. five marks, eight tackles and four goals. Yep. It was a real coming of age. It was, him. yeah. I, I know from Dogs fans there's been some real questions over his disposals. And he had probably had a bit of a, a slow finish to the year and there's a couple of like, uh, mm. will he play finals? But he's delivered. Oh, uh, and more. And more, exactly, yeah. yeah. And more. That was um, that was one of the best finals performances yeah. I've seen in, in recent times as well. He was incredible. There was a few Dogs players who did really well though and a few, few Giants as well. Mm. That midfield battle in particular was really, really Great. interesting to watch. Fantastic to watch. It was uh, such a good game of football. <laughs> It was brilliant. Yeah, you had the likes of Luke Dalias and Jack McRae, who were really mm. good. Josh Dunkley. Yep. First year player. Yeah. He's had an incredible final yeah, series. Yeah, he has. Incredible. He had another another 24 touches. He had nine tackles. He was brilliant. And then for the Giants, he had Dylan Shield, I thought was really good. Yeah. Josh Kelly and uh, Tom Scully also had really good games. Stephen Cornelio's a gun. Yeah. That battle was really intriguing incredible. to watch. Incredible, incredible. It was uh, the clearances, the dogs ended up dominating them surprisingly. Mm. I think the Giants were a bit better uh, in the centre though. Yeah, yeah. It was such an interesting matchup because oh, I don't have the stats, but the clearances would have been pretty 50-50. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think the Giants took the centre clearances and the dogs dominated around the ground a bit more, yeah. which is sort of how the dogs set up. I think they, they put one extra into the contest around the ground to try and win that ball and, yeah. and shut it down a bit. Whereas Mumford was able to uh, sort of assert himself a bit in the yeah. middle. And the Giants had a few a few good plays where they got the ball out of the middle and were able to quickly move it into the 50 and take advantage of that undersized Bulldogs defence. But I don't think they were quite able to do it enough though, which yeah. probably hurt them a lot. And they, they probably couldn't... Once again, going back to Mumford, yeah. they needed him to really dominate. Step up, and he didn't, yeah. But Agreed. And I think, as well, Bontempelli had a pretty poor game, actually. He he started off really slow. He was running... Stephen Cornelio was running with him, and yeah. I think Cornelio had the wood, but Bontempelli just finds a way in the big moments, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He that, absolutely um, does. In the 50, he picked the loose ball up just... Pushed off the chest of one, swung out, gave the handball. I think it yeah. might have been to Clay Smith or someone. They kicked a goal. And Most likely Clay Smith. <laughs> the stats would say. <laughs> and, of course, Bontempelli was on the end of an important goal as well. Yeah, he was, yeah. It started. They were really under siege. They got it out. Johannesson bursting out of the 50, kicked it JJ long to Bontempelli, who had the, the composure to kick a really important goal. He's such a good user of the ball, Bontempelli. Yeah. Like, he... So silky, very Nick Del Santo-like. Yeah, and there's um some shades of Scott Pendlebury as well yes, in the way he moves. Absolutely, it's um kind of ungainly, but at the same time he just seems to glide over the grass as well. It's funny because when you look at him, he's pretty yeah. <laughs> you look you look at him without the football, you're like yeah. <laughs> you don't look like a footballer. Yeah, absolutely, he's adorable. <laughs> I wanted to bring up Eastern Woods game as well. Yes, he had a massive first quarter. I think he, he took six marks. In that term, I, I mean, he's been struggling with that ankle in the first two weeks of finals, but he was massive yeah, last night. He was, and it, you know, he was part of a a Bulldogs defensive lineup that was really strong combined. Yeah, but I was really impressed with his game. It was a real captain's game. Yeah, both both teams' defenses were so solid. Yeah, which I because I remember last week I did say I thought it would be a goal kicking contest. It wasn't at all. Yeah. Um. The both the defense stood up so well. Some really, really, especially the Giants, 
some really important because I feel like the dog struggled to get it vomit into their fifty lot and get solid marks. Yeah, which has probably been something the dogs have struggled with yeah, all year. And because it was, there was just always a giant there to. Nick Haynes was really good. Yeah. He was fantastic. His intercept marking was a highlight, I think. Yeah. I'll just get the stats up. He had 11 marks for the game, which is pretty pretty impressive. Um, Rory Lobb, who we spoke about briefly before here as well, he floated back a fair bit and he had a really good impact on a lot of contests, I thought, in defensive 50. Yeah. Which is probably somewhere he hasn't mm. spent a great deal of time. Yeah. So that was that was quite impressive. But yeah, both defences held up pretty solidly. They both, well. they both looked to press up the ground a little bit as well, which... Yeah. There was times where obviously you get out the back, but I, it made for really interesting football. It did. Uh, the dogs had 68 inside 50s, which is pretty sizable, but for only 12 marks inside 50. Yeah. The Giants had 45 at eight. I reckon I reckon it was about half time. They'd, they'd only taken two marks inside 50, yeah. which is incredibly low for the Giants. Yeah. They've been a, a team who have done quite well. They've got such big targets. They can take they do, a lot yeah. of marks. They had um and they're almost relying on the likes of uh, Toby Green to take marks inside 50. Which is ridiculous. For a bit of the game, What yeah. is he, like 5'7"? <laughs> He's tiny. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, though, the, the stats just completely show what a game that was. Yeah. It was just so even in the same spots. Yeah. So it was always going to be a game like that, I think. Yeah. I um, Also, I want to highlight the game of, of Tory Dixon. Mm. He was, of course, playing. He spent a bit of time on Hey Shore. He was one. An all Australian defender. Yeah. Tory Dixon kicked four goals. He had he had a bit of a nightmare against the Hawks. He missed, I think, three yeah, shots in the first half did, that yeah. were quite gettable. He was uh, again, he was incredibly important. The the dogs forward line was pretty average for most yeah, of the game. Him and Clay Smith were two real X factor players down there. They were. They wouldn't have won it without them for yeah. sure. So Tory Dixon he, Probably not the most contested player out there. No. I thought he was really quite good one-on-one with Heyshaw. He took some really good contested he marks. Was, yeah. And that's that's really the dog season, isn't it? Yeah. These sort of role players, bit players that you might not really know that much, but they've got the ability to, to step up and play really yeah. important mm-hmm. games when it matters. Yeah. Liam Pickens the same as well. Yeah. Who's I had an incredible final series. He has, yeah. He played really well. He didn't have a lot of... He spent greatness, but I think he, he spent more time forward than he has in recent yeah, games, which was quite interesting. Yeah, uh, Toby McLean was another. He came in for Lin Jong mm. the other week, and he played really well. He was really important in that fourth term. Yeah, if you look back over the last three minutes, I reckon he's involved in three or four important possession chains, which these young players just coming in and doing their job, and that's really impressive. Yeah, I think that's that's the complete and utter buy-in that Luke. Beveridge brings. Yeah. We talked a bit about his coaching last week, yeah, of we course. Did. And we did. I think it really shone last yep. night, that that emotional connection with his players, yep. giving everything. I think that's probably where the Giants fell down a little bit. The yeah. dogs just, they wanted it. This team is special. Yeah. This team is special. Yeah. So cannot wait for next week. But, of course, the Swannies are out to ruin the fairy tale. But the recruitment of Patrick Dangerfield alone really hasn't been enough. Here's Heaney, Naismith not get down to him. Hewitt in trouble, tackled by Mackey. Bartell takes advantage, 26 possessions for Jimmy inside the forward 50. Dangerfield again, hasn't stopped working. But unfortunately, the season stops right there. Sydney are winners, they're into the grand final. The Swans were dominant, Morgan. Yeah, 
I, what a performance. I missed the first quarter, I think, and I got a message from you saying, oh, boy. And I was like, oh, what's what's happening? What's that about? Dude, not believe it. It was, I think they were seven goals up halfway. Yeah. <laughs> like They ended up being seven goals up by the end of the term. It, they The Geelong just couldn't kick a goal. Yeah. Sluggish. It Very was sluggish. a riveting first quarter. The Swans were incredible. Beautiful. They were, they were quick. They were fast. They were hard at it. Their ball movement was sublime. Yeah, it was. And the Cats, they ended up dominating inside 50s. And that, that Sydney defence just it held yeah, strong. That's that was the constant thing, I reckon. They'd finally, finally beat the midfield, get into the forward 50, and then, no, nope, sorry. Yeah. Not happening. Dane Rampey's there. Nick yeah. Smith's there. Tagging masks, yeah. getting rid of it. It was, yeah. And I'd just like to say, uh, I'm pretty bloody smug about this one. Because I've been saying, <laughs> I said this would happen. <laughs> I said, I said on, on air. That I could see Sydney steamrolling them. Oh, was I right? Was the eight right? We might have to go back in the archives for that one. <laughs> Seems unlikely that we'd predict something. But... Yeah, we'll get it for you. We'll get it for you. <laughs> it's true. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> Selwood and Dangerfield were really good for the Cats, yep, but obviously, really, they Jimmy Bartel was quite good too, but they lacked a lot. They liked so much. They were... Oomph. Yeah. You know? They looked old. They looked slow. They yep. looked tired. They did not look like a finals. Sydney, they got blown out of the water by the Giants in the first week and we sort of said a few of those same things, but they've responded so well. Yeah. And then to deliver that last night, like the game was over by halfway through the first quarter, basically. Yeah. It was a, a brilliant, brilliant display by the Swans. It was really important, you know. I think they've found some really good form now mm. heading into the grand final. Yeah, great momentum. Isaac Heaney was oh, a standout. He's amazing. He's incredible, isn't he? He's so good. Incredible. You forget how young he really yeah. is. Yeah. But this is the thing about the Swans is that you can we can list about 10 players and every time go, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like and that's probably why um, Parker didn't win the Brownlow as well. Yeah. Because he has so much to compete with. Dan Hanabry, Tom Mitchell, yep. Josh Kennedy. Yep. Kieran Jack. Kieran Jack. Yeah. Yeah. It's absurd, isn't it? Yeah. They're just so good. And then you've good. got Buddy as well. They're just so good. Yeah. Like, they're such a machine. Like, I don't know how else to describe it except they're just a killing machine. Yeah. You know? And they, they did that to Geelong. Yeah. Spat them out again. Like, sorry, guys. They've got they've got a few injury concerns though, don't they? They do. Which is interesting. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. The Mills versus Aaliyah. Yeah. Who are they going to play in? Aaliyah has, I think, a minor medial ligament strain. Yeah. So he's a chance he's to play. He's a chance. And I was saying um, Mills was running at mon- on Monday's training session. Which is a pretty good recovery from that, that great, hamstring great recovery. injury. So who do you reckon they'll put in? I don't know. And of course... They've got Jared McVeigh as well, who's yeah. fighting for fitness as well. They've got some big decisions to make. I We had this discussion about the Bulldogs in the first week of finals bringing yeah. back so many injured players. Yep. When you're looking at the intensity of and pressure of finals football, it's always a risk when you're bringing in yep. half-fit players. And the Dogs, dogs of course, have a little bit of that same concern over Jordan Roughhead mm. and potentially Lin Jong as well. Yeah. But I think it's especially important for the Swans. 
it, it's a real high-risk, high-reward sort of it situation. It is, yeah. Because literally has been a really important part of that, that defence yeah, in the second half it. of the season. Jared McAvey, we know how <laughs> good he is. Callum Mills, of course, won the rising star. I think he's yeah. a really important part of that back line of halfback as well. Particularly not even for this game, but for future. Yeah. And it's a real do you or don't you. There's no yeah. right answer. I don't think there is either. Yeah. Because whoever they put in is going to perform, I yeah. think. So it just, it probably just legit just comes down to who is, who is more fit. Yeah. So having said that, probably they'll chuck in Mills, I reckon. Which which is upsetting because I love Alia. Right, I think they'll give Alia every chance, but yeah. the dogs don't have the tallest forward line. No, so I don't. think McVay or Mills is probably a better balance. Yep. Uh, in yep. terms of of that, I think I think they'll do all yep. right. Really, the only tall is Tom Boyd or the other ruckman rotating through. Mm. So that's not a, a massive concern. I wouldn't have thought Zane Cordy's tall, but he's not really a key position no. forward as such. So I think. I think that ball use of halfback is more important than uh, an intercept marker. Yeah. When you've got <laughs> Rampy and Smith already down there as well, then Gosh. I think you're pretty well set. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But they'll give all three all the time in the world to try and get fit for yeah. it. <clears throat> They've all been pretty important players at different Bloody stages. Sydney, huh? Like, they're fighting over a Lear, Mills and McVeigh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not a bad dilemma to have, is it? It's not. It's not at all. Like, everyone else would be envious of that. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Papley was, was really good against Geelong, I thought. Yeah, he was insane. He um doesn't necessarily get a lot of the ball, but he's made a, a really impressive impact this final series. He kicked three goals mm. against the Swans. He just finds a way in front of goal, and I really like the look of him. I do too. He'll he'll How he goes in the final will be... Particularly interesting, and there's, there's a few in the same boat for both teams. They're quite. They've got a lot of young players, first and yeah. second year players. I I think that's really really interesting because typically, you know, when you've looked at Hawthorne and even West Coast Fremantle over the past few yeah. years, they've been typically quite old teams. Yeah, not yeah. a lot of you know young players running through, but the Swans are for. Considering how well they've done, they're a really young team. They're an insanely young team. Got the I, likes didn't, I didn't realise either. Papley and Xavier Richards and Heaney and Aaliyah Aaliyah, Harrison Marsh, Zach yeah. Jones, all those guys are you know, first, second, third year players. Yeah. And then you look at the dogs, you know, they've got the likes of, of Dunkley and Daniel and Bundam Pally, McLean and all those guys who are yeah. 19, 20, 21. <laughs> I, that's, yeah, they're, they're so young, so inexperienced and they're still performing on the big stage. Yeah. And you, you have to wonder if, you know, maybe one side will sort of crack a little under yeah. that pressure. Well, yeah, that's a that's a good point, actually. I, I don't know, though, because yeah. they have the same problem. Yeah. So even if they do crack, oh, I don't know if it'll be detrimental. You, you look at the dogs. If Suckling comes in, he'll be the only player yeah. to not only have won a grand final, but to have played yeah. in a grand final. The Swans have a bit more yeah, grand more. final experience. They do a lot more. I, I wonder, you know, what impact that has. But then you'd look at the likes of, uh, you know, Matty Boyd, Liam mm-hmm. Pick, and Dale Morris. <laughs> yeah. They'll be desperate to win a premiership. Agreed. I think if you had have asked, especially Matt Boyd and Dale Morris, you know, three or four years ago, if they thought they'd ever play in a grand final, the answer would have been no. No, yeah. I agree, yeah. It'll. 
I totally forgot my train of thought. It was there and now it's gone. <laughs> um, you could see how much it meant to Morris and Boyd after the siren on the yeah, weekend. They oh, were that hug with Boyd and Bob. Oh, yeah, and how much heart. it meant to Bob Murphy. Yeah, he would be was, absolutely shattered that he can't play. It's it's such a shame, isn't it? It's such a shame. One of the the real good guys in football, and he'll be stuck yeah. on the sideline. I know, but like even. Throughout the final series, though, I think we've seen how important he is to the club. Absolutely. Even not being on ground. Everyone. still so important. Yeah, hearing nearly every interview the Dogs play does as well. Mm. They they still talk about Bob and how much he means around that club and yeah. what he brings to the club. Yeah. I read a really good article about Eastern Wood as well the other the other week and uh, his rise to captaincy. Yeah. And he talked about, you know, how much Bob Murphy means to him and the club. And even when he's not out there on the field, he... I think he raises everyone up. He does, yeah. That extra bit. And I remember writing a piece about this when I wrote the Ode to Footscray. Everyone says it. Everyone in the entire club, regardless of what, like even the cleaners probably say. Yeah. You know, like he's such such a valuable person to that to that squad, and I think he will be integral to who wins this final. Yeah. Even though he's not playing. I, him and Beveridge are really the lifebloods of that club at the moment. Yep. They form that such an incredible emotional connection with everyone at the team. Yeah. You really get that feeling that they want to give everything for them and they, they really do, spur yeah. them on. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. They they just seem to throw themselves at everything and never give in. Yeah. They very easily, you know, against the Eagles, they sort of they wasted opportunities earlier. The Eagles went out to a pretty healthy lead. The Hawks in the second quarter of that final, they were out to a five-goal lead nearly. Yeah. The Giants got out to a two-goal lead early in the last quarter. They just keep coming, keep coming. They do, yeah. They never, they never give up. There's ever. a real sense of complete belief yeah. in their abilities and in each other. In each other, uh, you can't put a, a number on that. Like I said, it's special. <laughs> it's <laughs> it special, is special. Special team. But having said that, the Swans are such a good football Swans team. Swans are so good. Yeah, like they're insanely good. Yeah. So. Uh, I want to say Sydney. <laughs> I, I think I think it'll <laughs> be Sydney. My head says Sydney. I, I think, especially, Buddy's a real threat. Yeah, especially the G. Yeah, who you know? How do you contain him? Oh, it's so difficult. Because yeah. he's the body of a, a forward, but he can play like a midfielder. He can yeah, he can do everything. He's so good. But I, I, we we discussed this, I reckon, on one of our very first podcast though because I, I mentioned the buddy thing yeah he said to me but buddy can kick six and sydney still lose mm. which is still still relevant here. still relevant yeah because he could very well kick a bag he's done it before on the talks he has yeah so he, he i don't know like he has the potential to be a match winner, but I just don't think he is. Yeah. I think the match will be won in the midfield. Yeah. I I think that's probably the most important battle as well. Yeah. If because they're two two of the best Great contested sides. Yeah. Two of the you know, two teams have got the most possessions over the season. Yeah. They're two really, really strong midfields. That's such a, a strong head to head battle. I think whoever wins that comes out on top as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's and gonna be even as a dogs man myself, you know, it's hard to go past Parker, Hanbury, Jack, he, you <laughs> and know, co. all those guys. Parker and Josh co. Kennedy as well, you know. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> and then we, we spoke about the dogs ball use inside 50. Yeah. I could uh, very easily see Dane Rampey having a Norm Smith day 
off yeah. the back of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's yeah, really. <laughs> the dogs' defensive zones have held up well they during have, the final, yeah. so surprisingly well. Surprisingly well, yeah. so you probably don't have to worry too much about that. But they really need to win the midfield battle and tidy up their efficiency yeah. inside fifty to win. And the midfield will be where they yeah make or break yeah, which is it's going to be so great to watch because it's going to be so so tight yeah I reckon it's going to be quick it's and there's be... both teams have such a depth of contributors that it's yeah. even if Bonton Valley has an off day or Luke Parker has an off yeah. day, there's someone else that can just come in and play a yeah. blinder. Yeah, that's a good point actually. Do you think there are match winners in this? Yeah, I do. Who? I think uh, I think Bonton Valley is a match winner. Yeah. He's so unique. When he's on, set. yeah. He, the team is on. Yeah, exactly. He has that ability to really mm. just all of a sudden, if yeah. he clicks, our team clicks. And like you said before, important plays at important moments. Yeah. And grand finals are full of important moments. Exactly. Yeah. And As a Saints fan, I definitely understand. <laughs> and I, I actually think Dane Ramp is a match winner for Sydney. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, maybe a little bit of a strange because he's a, a backman. I think he's a real key. And I also think Kurt Tippett. Yeah. Tippett in that, that ruck forward role. Yeah. He's great in that role. Up against potentially Roughhead or Campbell and Tom Boyd. Yeah. I He'll destroy Boyd, I think. He could, yeah, he could destroy him. He, he's a real key player. The yeah. Swans. So having said that, they might they might play around with Boyd a bit more. And in, I know last week Sydney they actually played Naismith as first ruck. Yeah. Whereas during the season Tippett played a lot more yeah. as first ruck. I I think um the dogs probably have more chance almost to nullify that ruck battle if Naismith is rucking. Yeah. Because uh I think the Cats dominated the hit out battle last week, but lost the midfield battle overall. Yeah. Whereas the Dogs are probably, they haven't won a lot of hit-out counts this year, but they've won a lot of clearances and stuff like that. So I think that's a really interesting sort of uh, battle. It's probably two of the, the weaker ruck divisions almost in the top eight. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. So that that intrigues me. And what were you uh, going to say about Tom Boyd? Oh, he... um. It'll, yeah, like, well, like you just said with Sydney, it'll depend on who they put up as Ruck because I think 100% Tippett will absolutely destroy Boyd, which which hurts me to say a little bit, but I think that'll happen. So it might – it'll obviously depend on what Sydney do, yeah. but I think the dogs will react to that in their Ruck. I think it's interesting. I think uh, Tippett's a lot more sort of versatile around the ground than Naismith. Yeah. So yeah. that – uh, you know, you think Tom Boyd's tank looks to be a lot improved, but Jordan Roughhead's clearly much more mobile around the ground. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah, who exactly sort of goes on who? Who do they back? Yeah. There's been times this year where I think it was even in the the Eagles game where Tom Boyd was, you know, rucking during that last quarter mm. in important times or whatever. So Beveridge has clearly shown sort of he's willing to Faith. to play around a bit and yeah. do that. And Roughhead's... Roughhead's gone forward and taken some really strong contested marks in recent weeks as well, whereas Boyd's probably struggled to impact yeah. up forward. Yeah, actually, So both teams have a bit of versatility in their ruck division. That's a great point, actually, with, with Luke Beveridge, because I think he, like, just regardless of the ruck even, I think it might be a bit more he, because he is willing to play around with the team, 
he he's very reactive, I think, to what's happening. Yeah. And he, like most, most coaches are. But, but a lot of coaches are really, they think their way is the right way. They want to try and stick with it and see if it works. Yeah, exactly. And I think that will be Sydney. It could be Sydney's downfall as well. Yeah. Because I think they're very stuck in how, because obviously they're, fantastic as they are they don't really need to play around with it yeah but that could come unstuck around final day especially with yeah. dogs going oh this is not quite right you know it would be better because it's not even like it's not even a oh this team's playing better than us we'll change it it's we could be playing even better than we are yeah and he'll do something and make it even better yeah you know so that could be a tipping point point. and the dogs have been a very versatile team over the season i think yeah. They're, they've had the most, like, midfield rotations. So they're sending a lot of players through the midfield. You see the likes of even Johannesson and Suckling and Boyd, they might, and Hunter will push further yeah. up the ground onto a wing or on the half-forward flank. Players like Stringer will go onto the ball. Even Tory Dixon, I've seen, you know, playing on wings, things like that. Whereas the Swans are probably a little bit more structured yeah. than the Dogs. And, yeah, I, I agree that that could be a really could be a important battle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you've got the Dogs... Yeah, the flexibility. You've got the dogs playing everywhere. They're free. You know, they're yeah. very free. <laughs> Sounds so weird and hippie. But, like, they're just free and flowing, you know. Yeah. And Sydney are very, dirt, dirt. like, you know, yeah. soccer formation almost. Yeah. Like, four four three. you know. The dogs are, they play a lot of zone football. The Swans have got a bit of a zone defense, but they're probably a little bit more man-on-man yeah. around the ground. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I agree. You when you look at the dogs' defensive press in particular, they're willing to leave forwards behind them in, and trust themselves to, you know, take an intercept mark in front yeah. of them and and create repeated entries and repeated stoppages. Yeah. Whereas the Swans are probably just a, a cleaner side. Yeah. I think that versatility versus that structure is a really, really interesting, you know, uh, battle of opposites. Yeah. And when they're... Yeah, two teams at the same time are, are very even, very similar with such strong midfields. That could really, yeah, be the tipping point. Yeah. It's oh, it's going to be such a good game, I reckon. Speaking of tipping, yes. <laughs> what are your tips for the game, Morgan? Uh, I, want, okay. I want a winner, a margin, and a and Norm a, Smith. Norm Smith. Um, all right, winner, Sydney, 30 points. Norm Smith, Haynes. Haynes, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go to the Swans, I reckon. 15, mm-hmm. and Rampy, the Norm Smith. If the dogs get up, I reckon Clay Smith will get yeah, the Norm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, with Clay. Yeah, I think yeah, he's shown he's a bit of a big game player. And he is, yeah. He's another one who gives absolutely everything. You won't yeah. die wondering out there. No, no, that's for sure. I, None I, of them will. Gee, I hope it's a good game, though. There's been some pretty average grand finals in recent there years. Has, but I think... There's a fresh face and a rejuvenated swan side. It should be good. It's a nice little yeah. little picture. Grand final day should be a treat. This is our last episode of the season. Yeah. Morgan, we, rumour has it we might be back for some trade-related <laughs> news. But I can't confirm nor deny that at the moment. It'll come, guys. It's been a nice nine weeks, I think. It has. It's gone so fast. There's been a few people that have stuck with this. Thankfully. Yeah, thank you. I'm not thank sure you, why. No, I don't know. I, w- I would not. <laughs> it's been the, the grand final edition of the eight. Feel free to, to hit us up with all your grand final tips. I'm at Toby Chapman on Twitter. And I'm 
Morgan B. Hardy. We're also on Twitter, (laughs) at The 8 Podcast, if you want to follow us for any uh, potential future updates and news. Yep. Thanks for listening and enjoy your grand final weekend. second quarter the fat lady says the 44-year premiership drought is over Geelong 8-7-55 Port 2-2-14 Aquamax scoreboard surely not even Geelong could lose it from here